Bonjour and bienvenue to Battle Royale, where we are passing judgment on all the kings and emperors of France, from Clovis to Napoleon III. Who will be selected as the creme de la creme, and who will be sent to the guillotine? Je m'appelle Ben Clark. And I'm Eliza Summers. I haven't told Eliza who we're doing this episode. Yeah, I have no clue. It's a mystery. It's like how I'm seeing my friend um, next weekend and he's planning a mystery, like a surprise day, and I have no idea what is planned that day. So it's like this. Nice. I'm going to a murder mystery party soon, so that's also a mystery in my life. Oh, that'd be fun. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that'll be fun. So I'll just set the scene before we we get in. Well, I love when you set the scene. Yeah, but just just so we know, it'll be a little time into the episode before I actually reveal who we're going to rate. So just just have patience. Oh, not my strong suit. No, <laughs> but try, just try. So it's June thirteen sixteen. France is in the midst of a terrible two year famine. Uh, the kingdom is rife with civil and religious unrest, and its young king Louis the Tenth is dead, possibly poisoned <laughs> after a game of tennis. Now, this is the first time ever that a Capetian king has died without a clear successor. Ooh. So by his first wife, who was imprisoned and possibly murdered for adultery, oh, yeah. uh, Louis has a four-year-old daughter, little Joan, or Jeanette, as we oh, called yeah. her last episode. Yeah. Also, his second wife, the young and innocent Clemence of Hungary, is halfway through her pregnancy with his second child. Ooh. So if it's a boy, it'll be the undisputed successor. But if it's a girl or doesn't survive, there will be a question as to whether Jeanette, a girl, can succeed to the throne. Because, of course, if they're both girls, then Jeanette comes first because she's the oldest. Yeah. Or whether it should pass to their uncle, Philip the Tall. Mm. And just mm. stick to the male line. Well, obviously, I know she doesn't become queen because France doesn't have a queen in its own right. Yeah, that's a bit of a spoiler Ever. that I probably that's said at the very in the very first episode. The only thing I remember from the first episode, yeah, because <laughs> I was like, no. I think I, you know, I've impressed that upon you as we've gone through. But yeah, um, whether or not she becomes queen or not, she's a queen in our hearts. Mm. And yes. I can promise that she will eventually get an episode. Yay! So she will get an in-between episode. Yay! Yes. But that is that that day is not today. Uh, so mm. she outlives a lot of people. I'm just going to say that. So we have other people nice. to get through before we get to her. So just to rub it in, just to rub in the fact that we're in a mm-hmm. crisis period, um, according yeah. to the Grand Chronicle of France, there has recently been a comet in the sky quote, signifying the destruction of the kingdom. So, fun times ahead. Yeah, and they have a good sign when there's a comet in the sky. In Paris, uh, it's it's kind of chaos. Um, An assembly is called together of 24 barons to decide what's going to happen. And uh, control over the situation in Paris was fought over by two royal uncles, uh, or great uncles, I guess, at this point. Charles Count of Valois, who had reached mm-hmm. the apex of his power as the advisor of Louis X. Yeah. As well as an uncle that I haven't mentioned much, that's uh, Louis, Count of Evreux, who was the much younger half-brother of Philip IV and Charles of Elwell. Um, oh. So he's like a child from the second marriage, basically. Oh, yeah. So it's Uncle Valois and Uncle Evreux battling it out. Mm. Okay. And the Queen's just trying to make it get through the pregnancy. 
Exactly. Yeah. So the yeah, the, the those uncles are like trying to be regent. But yeah. So the idea that Clemence of Hungary could become regent was dismissed very quickly. Is it because she was pregnant? Like the baby hadn't been born? Partially. Although if you recall, Blanche of Castile became regent of France while she was pregnant. But the difference is that Blanche yeah. of Castile had been the consort in France for like for thirty years at that point. Ever. Whereas Yeah, so. yeah whereas Clemence of Hungary uh, has j- literally just gotten to France like a year ago. Yeah, she hasn't like uh, got any roots, I guess, or like support. Yeah, she hasn't. Yeah, she hasn't got the 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 uh, laid down the foundations Ex- exactly. And of course, she's she's pregnant with the potential heir to the throne, so she's going to be kept in like a gilded cage and like. Oh yeah, yeah. no horse riding for her. No, no tennis. <laughs> No walks in the woods. Yeah. So the late king's brothers. Where are the brothers? Well, yes, Philip the Tall and and Charles the Fair, the, the two younger brothers, are far to the southeast in Lyon okay. at the time of their brother's death. So Philip the Tall had been sent down there to meddle in the ongoing papal election because we're still between popes at this point. Oh, yeah. He does eventually return to Paris, uh, but he has to sort out the, the election first. So how long is this... Um papal election been going on for at this point over a year at this point like maybe a year and a half i think because um it's 1316 and clement v the last pope died in in 1314 there's definitely been longer ones right yeah philip the tall returns to paris on the 11th of july 1316 a month after louis's death uh with news of success under pressure from the French envoys and all of the French cardinals that had been appointed, <laughs> the cardinals in Avignon had elected a French pope, of John the Twenty Second. Yeah, so pope from Provence, around the same region as Avignon. Although I should note, which I didn't note last episode, that the pope is technically not in France. Avignon is technically not part of France at this point. Okay. It's part of Provence, which is, is its own separate dealio. It's technically within the kingdom of Sicily. <laughs> Because uh, the Count of Provence is also the King of Sicily. Everything's in the Kingdom of Sicily, even it's not near Sicily. Mm. Yeah, the, the 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 House of Anjou have like cobbled together a lot of scraps of land throughout Europe. Worked out for them. But uh, Provence is like it wasn't the Holy Roman Empire. Now it's in the Kingdom of Sicily, but it's never really been part of the Kingdom of France. Yeah, even though the people there are like ethnically close to French. Yeah, like they're Provencal, but they're like essentially French. So when we say the Pope's in Avignon, he's not really in France. He's in like what is now France, yeah. but he's not in what was then France, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. So the election, uh, it was a very dodgy one. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> when is a Pope's election ever fair? No. Um, so it helps to give the Avignon papacy its notorious reputation for corruption. And uh, when he came to the papal throne, John the Twenty Second gave half the money he inherited from Pope Clement V away to the cardinals who had voted for him. Oh. So yeah. he's essentially bought uh, his his papacy. Eh, not surprising. Which is simony, which is a deadly sin. So, <laughs> Come on, when were the popes ever that pure? Exactly. But the pope can forgive himself because he's the pope. Yeah. So. Oh, that'd be so great. Just do something sinful <laughs> and you're like, oh, I forgive thyself. Like, a bit, oh, dear pope, please forgive me. Then you bless yourself. I have forgiven you, my child. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> so John's papacy uh, is a really interesting and complex one that's full of intrigue. But it, so it's very tempting for us to get into but it now. But not. we have to move back to France. France is the focus. Yeah. So after attending his coronation in Lyon, the Pope's coronation, mm-hmm. Philip the Tall 
and uh, and Philip the Fair. Philip the Fair. Philip the Tall. It's Philip the Tall and Charles the Fair. Yeah, you said Philip, Philip the, Fair the Fair is is, is Philip the Fourth. I know you said Philip the Fair, so it confused me. <laughs> okay, I'll start that. I'll start that sentence again. Why don't we just call them by their their um duchy? You know what? I've written this in my notes, so we're going to continue doing okay. this. But but um, future discussion. Yeah, Philip the Tall is the Count of Poitiers, and Charles the Fair is the Count of La Marche. La Marche. But I've just started calling them that in my head. But Why does yeah, La Marche anyway. stand out for me? But their titles are going to change, so oh. that's the problem. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm going by first. Okay. I'm going okay, by that first. That makes names. sense. Then. So after attending the Pope's coronation in Lyon, Philip the Tall leaves the new Pope and brings it, brings his brother back to France as well and goes to take control of the situation in France. Even when he had been in Lyon, the middle brother of the royal family, Philip the Tall, had been sending letters back to Paris giving orders and oh. signed them as, quote, Philip, son of the King of France, lawful governor of the kingdoms oh. of France and Navarre. Just putting it, uh, like... So he's already... Suggesting it early, being like, oh, if I just set it up now, like, keep, like, reinforcing exactly. this idea, they'll just accept it. He's, like, dressing for the job he wants. <laughs> smart, smart. So Philip the Tall is already... He's showing a more decisive character than, than his, his elder brother <laughs> the already. Perhaps out of a sense of duty, perhaps out of a thirst for the crown, we don't know. <laughs> but uh, the prince also arranged... Uh, when he got back to Paris, he arranged for a second funeral for Louis X. Um, mm-hmm. The first having been conducted very hastily without much ceremony because of the tense suddenness. political situation. Yeah, the suddenness. And at the funeral, Philip the Tall ensured that he was very much like front and center. Like he was the uh, master of ceremonies. Of so that the people Would of Paris and the nobility. Mind. Yeah, they like knew who was in charge. While Clemence, meanwhile, Clemence of Hungary, mm-hmm. she remained pregnant with the potential new king. Philip the Tall just very craftily slid into the role of official regent, <laughs> superseding Uncle Valwa and Uncle Evra, who are further away from yeah, the line of succession. Exactly. So now, if Clemence of Hungary has a girl or the child doesn't survive, it's almost guaranteed that Philip the Tall is going to take the throne, since he's essentially now, like, just the king. Yeah. And we don't know poor little Joan's feelings on the subject, <laughs> because once again, she is four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she probably doesn't really know what's going on. But uh, Philip's sort of attempts to, like, change the succession a bit is going to outrage a few people Ooh. in the kingdom who we'll get to, particularly Joan's relatives in, in Burgundy. They're mm. not going to be happy. So the months pass by in France mm-hmm. with Philip the Tall at the helm. Mm-hmm. And finally, on the night of the 15th of November, 1316, five months after the death of Louis X. <gasps> the bub is born. The bub is born. Clemence went into labor and gave birth to... <gasps> what? What? A baby boy. Aye! Please be a healthy baby boy. So the boy was baptised a few days later and named... Louis, Philip, one or the mm-hmm. other. Charles? Nope. Oh, I don't know what name. He was named John. Ah! <laughs> no! No! Possibly named after the new Pope, John the 22nd. Um... This is a cursed name for a king. It it, it seems as though Queen Clemence might, might have been courting favour from the Pope because she was trying to get some like funding from him and from her relatives in, in Provence. Because we'll get to it, but she and Philip the Tall don't have the best relationship. Mm. Well, he's basically trying to take her son's spot. Yeah. As listeners will know from the title of this episode, 
which Eliza doesn't know. We are now going to talk about and eventually rate King John the First of <gasps> France. Or Jean, Yay! King Jean. So brief etymology, which we've already kind of covered with the name Joan, yeah. which is like basically the same name. John yeah. comes from the Hebrew name Yohanan, meaning grace mm-hmm. of God. So yeah, let's get into the reign of John the First. Yes. Yes. Never knew France had a King John. So you talked about John being a cursed name. Yeah. Yes. Well, it appears the, the curse of the Templars has not finished. It's, uh, it's terrible work. Ooh. Because on the 20th of November, 1316, five days after his birth, King John I died of unknown causes. his uncle <laughs> so yeah that's uh the king dead uh 20 minutes into the episode having only been in the episode for about two minutes oh, oh. so the infant's tiny coffin was carried oh. on a grand funeral convoy through the streets of paris and he was laid to rest with his ancestors in the basilica of saint denis where he, t- he still has a tiny little tomb effigy um, before John, she's going to see an enchanté. That makes me so sad. Oh, tearing up. John the First's crown then very quickly and quietly passes, not to his half-sister Joan, but to his uncle and conveniently regent, Philip the Tall, who is now Philip V of France. So killed him. Probably bloody gave him a, his nephew a bloody poisoned tennis ball to play with and died. Well, we'll get to possible theories about the cause of death. Because of the convenience of this death, all sorts of conspiracy theories swelled. Some said baby John was poisoned, apparently pricked by a poisonous pin, either by Countess Mou of Artois, Philip V's mother-in-law, or by her daughter Joan of Burgundy, Philip V's wife, (laughs) who of course will be queen now that John is dead. Or by Philip the Tall himself. But of course, people love blaming women. When poisoning happens. A few decades after this, we will see theories swelling that the baby didn't actually die, but was smuggled away. Oh my god, it's like the two princes. Yeah. A few decades after this, we're going to see an Italian pretender called Giannino, um, which is basically, which means little John in Italian, um, pop up in like a future King's episode claiming to be John the First. Ooh. who was apparently smuggled away to Italy for his own safety by allies who yeah, feared right. he would be killed. Um, I'm not going to do that when it meant they would relinquish power, like, if he was yeah. dead. But sadly, the most likely answer here is just that this is the Middle Ages and the infant mortality rate is very high. Mm. Babies do sometimes just die. And we are in the middle of, like, <sighs> a famine where, like, things are a lot colder. So it's, like, it's easier for babies to die anyway. <sighs> So yeah, I lean towards the fact that it was just the king unfortunately died of natural causes. But yeah, it's a bit sad because it could easily have been prevented today, I think. Yeah. Mm. Nothing's worse though than going to see a tiny coffin. Yeah. Mm. So no matter what the cause of death was, John's death profoundly shocked the realm of France, which had begun to see the Capetian line as invincible. Mm. The throne had passed successfully from father to son 12 times in a row. Wow. Until John's death passed it diagonally to an uncle. So you'll notice we haven't had an uncertain succession in a very, very long time. Yeah. Which is why I'm making such a big deal. Yeah, out of yeah this it's one. been a nice little piece. Yeah. No question. The Templar's curse. So Philip the Tall, as I said, inherits both 
France and Navarre, mm. and will be the subject of our next episode, mm. a subsequent assembly, now influenced by Philip, will declare that women are barred from succeeding the French throne. Oh, um, I hate Philip. Yeah. And eventually this will be justified a, a bit further on in like the 13, like 50s. This will be eventually be justified by a very obscure law that's dug up from the time of Clovis, which is the Salic law, which apparently there's some clause in it that says women can't inherit the throne. <sighs> Hate Clovis too. Um, or, or and it, and not only can can women not inherit the throne, but also the throne can't pass through a female line. Oh. And we'll see why they needed to do this a bit later on. But let's just say it has something to do with Isabella of France, oh. a, a woman oh. having a son oh. who is like a grandson of Philip the Fourth, yeah. basically. But anyway, let's get back to John's poor mother, Clemence. Yeah. What's happened to her? Well, she's unfortunately left out in the cold a little bit as a widow in her 20s who failed to produce a surviving heir. In the land she doesn't even know. Over the next few years, uh, she lived a very poor existence for a dowager queen of France as Philip V neglected to pay her the allowance that her status owed her. She wrote numerous complaints to Pope John XXII and to her family in Naples and Hungary. And for a while, she was forced to leave the French court entirely oh. uh, to stay with her uncle in Provence and, like, rely on his charity, basically. Oh. She didn't have an income of her own. Poor thing. Clemence of Hungary did eventually return to the French court in 1321, though, where she was reconciled with the royal family. Hmm. And she ended up becoming a very wealthy oh, landlady, good. almost to compensate for the years of neglect. Yeah. The least they could do. Yeah. So she ended up becoming like quite a good businesswoman, actually. Oh, and like gobbling up property. Nice. She eventually owned 13 estates in the Ile de France and Normandy. Nice. Did she get remarried? She didn't get remarried. She was, nice. she was single for the rest of her life. Oh, the goals. She also became a great sponsor of monasteries, charities, and schools. Oh, nice. And she also became a sort of ambassador for her family, the House of Anjou. Um, so she's, like, their main representative in the capital, like, advocating for, like, um, Sicilian and Hungarian interests in France, oh. keeping the alliance strong, basically. Nice. So she's she becomes a really important political figure, um, despite good. having no, like, official court role. Good. So that's good for her. It's a good ending. We ha- actually have some surviving records of Clemence's personal inventory, oh. um, which contain a vast wealth of sculptures, furniture, ornaments, relics, and beautiful clothes and jewellery. Nice. She was a bit of a fashionista. Nice. She also owned over 40 illuminated manuscripts, which were very valuable at the time. Yeah. So she had the beauty and the brains, did Clemence. Yes. Yeah, she she was very wealthy. She was unashamed of flaunting her wealth once she had it. Good on her. And like Joan of Navarre before her, she was an extremely generous gift giver, and made many bequests to many friends in her will. Ooh. So that's good for her as well. Yeah. But sadly, also like Joan, she died at a young age. She oh. died uh, at 35. Oh, so young. And uh, she was buried in the convent of the Jacobins in Paris, which was demolished in the 19th century. Oh. So we don't have her tomb oh, anymore. That's sad. Uh, but she's buried somewhere under that <laughs> that old convent. So that's that's a bit of an epilogue about what happens to Clemence, the... Okay. the, the the mother of France's shortest reigning undisputed king. Mm. Um, I'll say that. Mm. And shortest living as well. 
Definitely the shortest living king. Yeah. So let's move on to Enchanté, because we have to rate this baby. Because <laughs> he was technically king of France. <laughs> I feel like he's going to get a lot of pity points. He's um, going to get 100 points in my mind. Enchanté. Okay, if they depict him looking old, I'm going to be peeved. It's a rather... So I'm, I'm tempted to just, like, design a new cover for this episode that's not a portrait. Because he doesn't have a 19th century portrait, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, he has a tomb effigy, but the tomb effigy is rather unsettling. Um, Ooh. I don't know. His nose? He's so evil looking. It does at least look like a baby. It does. It doesn't look like a man-child, which is nice. It doesn't look like a five-day-old baby, though. It looks like a toddler. but mm, Closer in its age than some of the kings are depicted as. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a little tomb effigy of this little baby. Mm. Um. He's, he's among his relatives in Saint-Denis. Mm. He should be buried next to his father. He's got a circlet on with these, like, yeah. garnets in it. Yeah. These, like, red stones. Yeah. Which is very fancy. Yeah. And I think it's made of marble. either marble or, like, alabaster. Oh, nice. I think it, it must be marble. Yeah. And then the only other image I have is of, uh, it, it's a an illumination, like, manuscript painting of the funeral of John. And you can see his tiny little... <gasps> His tiny little body there on a massive bier, which is, like, covered in fleur de lis. And he's, like, has a little crown and scepter. He's, like, yeah. holding. Aww. Yeah. It just breaks my heart. Yeah. Even though he died, like, Sorry. hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Almost exactly 700 years ago, actually. Oh. A couple of years off. 1316, yeah. So it's, like, 707 years ago. Anyway. <laughs> We're eventually going to get to a point where I'm, like... It's 700 years ago, exactly. So there are those the images of John. The first, what do we want to give him for Enchanté? Oh, I have a, I have a, a bit more for Enchanté, actually. Oh. A bit more information. So his epithet, he has an epithet. Oh, what, yeah. the baby? John the Posthumous. Oh. As in, born after his father's death. It's not Which a great epithet. a straightforward and accurate epithet. It's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> But not epithet you really want. And uh, John was only retroactively thought of as king of France, yeah. actually. So he was never officially declared king during his very brief lifetime. There wasn't quite enough time. There was time for the baptism. That's about it. For a crowning. Yeah, well, obviously no coronation. Yeah. At least he got baptized. So there's no like, oh, he's in limbo. If he had lived on, he probably wouldn't have been crowned until he was maybe like eight or nine years old. Yeah. And John is only offhandedly mentioned in the Grand Chronicle of France. He's simply b- referred to as... A son called John who died soon after his birth. No. That's like the one sentence about mm. him. But we will soon have a King John the Second. Oh. So at least by that time, half a century in the future, John was officially recognized as the king. So we so we have to count him in Good. our list of kings, basically. He deserves that recognition. So that's all I have about the legacy, the sad legacy of John the First. <sighs> Well, obviously, I'd love to give him points, a lot of points, because he's a little bub, but you can't give points just for being a bub. I think he can. <gasps> he can! This is the Argentine round where we rate them for having, like, an iconic image and, like, a resonance throughout history. And this is an event that, that sort of reverberates through the ages and I think should be talked about more, basically. Okay. Um, Yay. The fact that there was a five-day-old king of France who died. Um, <laughs> the little bub deserves some recognition. Yeah. 
a little Johnny Bub. So if we're going by legacy, I think he could even get more points than his dad. <laughs> what do we give his dad again? We together gave his dad a six in this round. I just feel as though I can't give him a lot, though. Well, he's got a couple. He's got at least two images. How many did his dad have? And, the, and we agreed it was a nice effigy, and we and I think it's a nice manuscript painting. Yeah. Is a good indication that, like, people were thinking about him. True. You know? Better than some Merovingians. Exactly. So we're not going to give him a zero or one, I don't think. But I feel as I can give him, like, 1.5, 2, maybe. I think I'm tempted to go 3 or 4. Go 2. Because he's iconic, I'm going to give him a 3.5, which is what I gave his dad. I like that they went to the effort to, like, remember him. Yeah, but he's not really remembered. Like, like for anything he did, no. I agree. But like, neither is his dad. So, <laughs> so, so that's why I'm like, mm. so I'm gonna go three point five. You're gonna go two or one? Yeah, 1. two, 5? two. Poor okay. little bub. That is a five point five for Enchante. Moving on to On Guard. On Guard. Zero. Zero. I have nothing. Uh, <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> Moving on to Voulez-vous. Voulez-vous. Zero. Zero. <laughs> Moving on to Oulala. <gasps> Ooh la la! Uh, point for a potential assassination. Yeah, let's give it the poison tennis ball. Is my theory the poison toy tennis ball? Sure. In the Cursed Kings series by Maurice Drouin, uh, which I keep mentioning in these episodes, mm. uh, the killer of John is, of course, Mo, the evil uh, old lady. So she's in the novel. I'm not sure if this is historically accurate. I couldn't find whether it was, but um, in the novel, she's the godmother at the baptism. And she take she takes that opportunity to like prick the baby with a poison needle, hmm. and then the baby like convulses and turns black and like dies like very dramatically in front of like the whole court. So like Joffrey yeah. in Game of Thrones, like Joffrey if he was a newborn, yeah. Ugh. But yeah, again, I don't know how well sourced that version of events is, so you know. But it is a I guess it is a potential scandal that ripples through the ages, not obviously caused by John, poor John. But I think I'm tempted to give one point for potential assassination. Or maybe half a point, because it is potential, after all. I give him a point, because I like my theory of the t- poison tennis ball. Sure. Toy. I'm, I'm giving a point to my theory. Like, not really him yeah. as a scandal. It's just like, no, my theory. Each give you a point for our different fi- fictional theories. Fictional, yeah. yeah. Mine was come up by an author in the 1950s, and yours was come up by yourself just now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mine is totally more accurate and legit. So that is a two for Ooh La La. So in the future, anyone, if anybody asks how he died, he died from a poison tennis ball that was given to him as a gift from his uncle. Yeah, sure. So that is that. Um, So let's get into V on Throne. (laughs) The V on Throne. 0.000 something. (laughs) So John I both lived and reigned for five days, yeah. So it was from the 15th to the 20th of November, 1316. We sadly can't count the time that he mm. was a fetus, in which case it would have been a further five months, but yeah. Other sources say four days and give slightly different dates, but five is the more common number that I've seen mm. in what I've read. Um, so we're, okay, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. We're going to give him five days, not four days. So this is the shortest mm. reign of an undisputed king of France, as I've said, mm. though on our list of kings... We are going to include some, some disputed ones. And there will eventually be someone who reigns for 10 minutes. Damn! Yeah. So 
So John the First is not the lowest okay. score of all time in Beyond Throne, but he certainly is the lowest so far. Oh wow, ten minutes. So can you really even call that being a king? Yeah, well, it was a situation where like someone abdicated and they automatically became king, and then they abdicated ten minutes later. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> quite funny. Anyway, so so John gets zero point zero zero three points for the five days. Not, Not great. great. And with no children, obviously, uh, John the first gets a total of zero point zero zero three points in the unthrown. Yeah, if he had children, I'd be concerned. <laughs> I'd be like, how? What witchcraft is this? So tallying up the points. Do you want to do the drum roll? Dling. That is seven point five, making John mm. the first our lowest scorer so far. Uh, except. Oh wait, hmm. no, he's not the lowest score so far. Oh what? Um, he, really? Who's the he lowest? He scored higher than the two of our, three of our, four of our Merovingians actually. I'm just seeing it now. Wow. Then four of our Merovingians. Um, Damn. So our lowest scorer is is they? still Clovis the Four. Which one was he again? Was he the boy who got his hair chopped off? No, it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> he was just he just became king when he was a teenager and died when he was a teenager. Oh. Yeah. Basically you know, nothing. he's bloody insignificant when I can't even remember him. No, I, I don't bother remembering him. His episode was extremely short. Like, we basically knew his name and that's it. I made a portrait. Oh, right. Whereas John the First, we at least we, know more about him and there's a bit more, like, We know he definitely know existed. About his life. Yeah. He definitely existed and he had some, he, he's, he's gone down in the memory. So I think that's where he picked up most of the points there. I mean, 5.5 of his 7.5 points were on Shantae. So so that makes mm. sense to me. So with that said, yeah. is he fascinating enough, entertaining enough, majestic and fabulous and irresistible enough to go through to our Battle Royale championship and to escape uh, the guillotine? <laughs> I feel like a monster sitting to the guillotine, but I can't justify letting him go to the next round. Can we give him, like, a different thing that's not guillotine? <laughs> just like, yeah. You know, I think this... In this one case, we may have to make an exception. Yeah, can we just not... He he doesn't go through to the next round, but he doesn't get guillotined. He just... I don't know. Gets sent to a convent. But but there are only two options, so I guess we just have to spare him. But he can't go through to the next round. Yeah, but he could just be there. Can't he be the mascot (laughs) or something? Maybe, like, in the tournament, Charlemagne can, like, like, strap him to his chest. And like go in the tournament with him. <laughs> what? <laughs> so he's in the tournament, but he but he's got Charlemagne, so he's like he'll be fine. That just sounds like a monster. I'm a just few... like, Charlemagne is armor, <laughs> and then he strats baby onto him, and he's trying to fight. And oh god. Okay, well we'll throw it to the listeners as to what should happen. Can he get put on like when a... the tournament happens? But I think for now, we're definitely not sending him to the guillotine. Yeah, we're not. We're not monsters. So I'm going to put him down as spared. Okay. <laughs> okay, listeners, you've got to decide what will become of him. Why should, what will his role be in the next round? I mean, the nicest thing to do would be put him in the VIP box and just have Eleanor of Aquitaine take care of him. Yeah. Um, oh, I want to do that. Don't give him to Ferdigund. Yeah. Whatever you do. <laughs> So spared with an asterisk, I think. Yeah. Questions um, there. Because we are not guillotining babies. We do not. Yeah, we're not monsters. We, we are a macabre podcast, but we're not, not that, that macabre. macabre. We're not that monstrous. <laughs> okay, so 
to cheer us up after that rather somber episode. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have me, are you? a quiz. Uh, of course. Yeah, we're going to have a quiz. <laughs> God. Okay. You can blame Roberto for this because um, uh, I was talking to him when I decided I wanted a quiz. Oh, by the way, before we get into the quiz, um, I just want to thank a couple of patrons who yes. upgraded their patronage from nosebleed. Uh, nosebleed section to Economy Plus, Woo-hoo. which is where you get the bonus episodes. Um, so thank you to uh, Tits McGee. Yes! Um, <laughs> my favourite name. The email is uh, the email of this person is is uh, bechamelsauce at gmail.com <laughs> and um, so that's a fun name. Oh, we, we appreciate yes. you, Tits McGee. Yeah, we love you, Tits McGee. And thank you also to Andrew Schneider, who upgraded Woo! from Nosebleed Section to Economy Pass as well. So Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew, and thank you, Tits. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tits McGee. You've got to say the full thing, okay? That's what gives it power. Yeah, it sounds weird if you don't say the, the full thing. You just say Tits. you got to say Tits McGee. Tits McGee. Yeah. So now we're going to get into the quiz. We have not had a quiz since Carlum and the Seconds episode, which was also a, a nothing episode where we decided we needed a quiz to just fill up the space. Um, uh, yeah. So the first eight questions will be about the late Carolingian period. So I hope you remember God. that, Eliza. <laughs> oh, don't ask me. Not my jellyfish but brain. But these are hopefully, these are some forgiving questions, hopefully, and they will get they will get more tricky as we get into the Capetian period but yeah just be prepared okay and if you're listening at home as always with the other quizzes feel free to like pause it write down your own answer see if you see if you beat Eliza you always will so question one who was the last Carolingian to rule over the entire Frankish empire like you mean like Charles like the fat yes oh I was right yeah yeah Charles the Fat. Yay! That one was So, easy. question two. During the Viking siege of Paris at, with our beloved Odo, Yay. one of the bridges leading to the city collapsed. Yeah. So, I've got a multiple choice of what happens next. Oh, God. Are you going to say, was it the east or, the, like, the west bridge? Because I'm like, she is. No, 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 no. We're not getting that. So, what happens next? A, the Franks repaired the bridge and reinforced the Chatelet on the other side. B, the Franks repaired the bridge but failed to reinforce the Chatelet, which was taken by Vikings. Or C, the Franks remained behind the walls of Paris and didn't attempt to repair the bridge or reinforce the Chatelet. Is it C? No, it's it B. Be? The Franks repaired the bridge remember. but failed to reinforce the Chatelet, which was taken by Vikings. Like, I thought of the Viking as show, but then I was like, how much of that was Yeah, no. <laughs> No, that doesn't. None of this happens in the show. <laughs> but uh, the Vikings, they take the Chatelet and then like massacre everyone inside and like throw their like yeah, I knew dismembered that bodies off the ramparts. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just don't remember them rebuilding the bridge. Well, I think they got kind of halfway through repairing the bridge and then they were like, "Gotta go back." Kill. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, some were killed. So, question three. Mm. We've got fifty-fifty so far. <laughs> so, question yeah, that's three. Not great for uh, me. Which king of France managed to depose Charles the Simple, but was killed in the hour of victory at the Battle of Soissons? Is this a multi-choice? Nope. Is it Robert? Yes, it was Robert the First. 
Yay. Good job. So after, so question four, after Robert the First's death, Rudolf was selected as his successor. Oh, yeah. He had only just become the Duke of which of France's major principalities? And we've got, we got multiple choice here. Okay, good. So we've got A, Aquitaine, B, Brittany, C, Burgundy, or D, Flanders. We'll be right back after this. The commander said, don't worry, I don't have the authority to kill you today. Which was positive, for that day anyway. In 1993, Chris Moon was captured by the Khmer Rouge while clearing landmines in Cambodia. With survival probability low, Chris was brought in front of the boss. He was just given a local nickname, Mr. Clever. Hi, I'm Steve Windus, host of the Batting the Breeze podcast. I'd love you to check out how Chris survived, along with some other great human stories at battingthebreeze.com. Hopefully see you there. Okay, I don't think it was Flanders. I don't think it was Aquitaine. Was it? What was the other two? Burgundy or Brittany? Brittany and Burgundy. Brittany? Also Burgundy. Oh God! <laughs> Have to decide. Let me toss a coin. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. No, let me toss what? a coin. The coin will decide. Uh, all right. The coin will decide. Okay. This is a great way of. Uh... Okay, it says it's Brittany, according to the coin. The coin is incorrect. It is Burgundy. Damn. Brittany's ruled by the Celts. They would never let them be king of France. Well, I don't remember um, they ruled by the Celts. Sorry. Celts, yeah. Forgot about that. I just thought Burgundy was too obvious. I know, it was Burgundy. Um, so question five. Charles the Simple's son, Louis IV, was raised in exile by which king of England? Why couldn't you just said where was he exile raised in exile? Would have easily been able to say no. England. <laughs> Which king? I'll give you a hint. It's an Anglo-Saxon king. It's before the Norman Conquest. Oh, like Ethelred or something. The king of Ethelstan or something. Ethelstan, yes. Ethelred. So you knew oh, it. Athelstan. It was in there somewhere. It was in there somewhere. He was like A or E star. <laughs> yeah. Um. So question six, which member of the Robertian family was known as Prince and Duke of the Franks during Louis IV's reign? So who was pretty much the mayor of the palace during Louis IV's reign after he gets back from England? Robert II. We did. <laughs> what? No. We did an episode on him, like a 0.5 episode. A capiche? Louis Capet? No, he's in the nosebleed section. Bozo? No, it was Hugh the Great. Oh, yeah, that's why I don't remember. Yeah, he's <laughs> the least memorable of the great in history. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. That's why he's in the nosebleed section. I, I remember you being like very much on Hugh the Great's side where we actually did the episode, which was interesting. Oh. Well, um, since then. Whereas I was more on Louis IV's side. So, uh, yeah, question seven. Uh, what was the name of Geberga of Saxony's first husband before she married Louis IV of France? And we do get a multiple choice. A, Reginar of Lotharingia. B, Henry of Lotharingia. C, Giselbert of Lotharingia. Or D, Gundabad of Lotharingia. I want to go with Giselbert or Gundabad because I like their names. Mm-hmm. Let's go with, what was it, Giselbad? Gunderberg? Gizelbert or Gunderbad? 
Let's go with Gundabad because bad. <laughs> it was Gizzlebert, wasn't it? It is not Gundabad. It? it is Gizzlebert, yeah. Gundabad was a king of uh, Burgundy back in the early Merovingian period. Yeah. I know. I just like the name Gundabad. I know. That's why I threw it in because I was like, she won't be able to resist this. <laughs> You know me so even if I didn't know the answer, I'd still go Gundabad because I love the name. And then Reginar and Henry, uh Gizelbert's father was called Reginar and his son was called Henry. So Oh, I just thought they were two normal names. No. Should we call that? <laughs> so question eight, this is the last Carolingian question, you'll be happy to know. Um okay. the last two Carolingians, Lothar and Louis V, helped mm-hmm. end their dynasty by ker- persecuting which very important archbishop? Um, you can just say where he was the archbishop of. You don't have to say uh, his whole name. What were the options? What even were the bishops? <laughs> so I'm not giving you options. Rams? <laughs> yes, Rams. Rams. Yeah, there there are two archbishops in in. Yeah, I forgot Rams like what time. like there's... the options are. I was like, she's where yeah, did there's... they even? So we haven't m- mentioned that that place in a while. I feel. Yeah, there's Rams and there's Song. There's the other one. Yeah. And they're very close by. They really aren't important anymore. They still are important when we are talking about in the period now. Like, the the Archbishop of Rams still crowns all of the kings. Um, We just haven't really mentioned it much because it's kind of just faded into the background. They haven't been as important. Yeah. So what did I get? Three points? Uh, Oh, I don't know. Are you keeping track? I think I got, like, three points. You know, I will. I will highlight the ones you get right. No, you got four right. Oh, half. Yeah, you got more than I thought. You got Charles the Fat, Robert the First, Athelstan, and Rance. Hmm. You got more that. than I thought I'd get. So let's continue with the quiz into the Capetian okay. period. You know, it's funny. The other day, I was just thinking, oh, Ben hasn't quizzed me in a while. Yeah, I curse my thoughts. Damn Templars, curse. Question nine. The Carolingian capital was in Laon. Uh, mm-hmm. What city did Hugh Capet rule as his capital before becoming king of France? I'm guessing it's not Paris. <laughs> Why would it not be Paris? Oh, well, didn't it become the capital later on? But since I can't remember any, can't think of any other names, I'll just go Paris. It is Paris. Oh. Hugh Capet oh. was the Count of Paris. Oh, yeah, just think yeah. of Odo. Yeah. So, forget all the others who are counts of Paris. Yeah. So, question 10. What did Robert II's wife, Constance of Arles, personally do to her confessor when he was sentenced for his involvement in satanic orgies? I gouged out? Yes. Oh. I'll, I'll okay. accept that. So, she hit him in the face with her scepter, putting out one of his eyes. Ah, uh, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Question 11. Around the year 1000, what were the five great houses that we reviewed on Patreon? Um, Flanders. Yep, that's one. Um, one beginning with V. <laughs> or... Was there one beginning with V? Yeah, no, you're, you're on the money. Um, I feel so it's not Valois, but like, no. it's like Val- Viga, Val- 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 But it starts with a V and it ends in, it ends in Wah. <laughs> Vigil- but it's a bit Vigil- You know what? Val- I'll accept Val- it. Val- I'll accept it. It's Vermandois. 
Berman Dwight. Oh, I should remember yeah. Berman. Yeah. Um, I'll accept that though, because you were okay. you were pretty much right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so There's three more. Them. Uh, the one gave B. Um, bl- it's like blah. Yeah, blah. Blah. Yeah, I just remember blah. <laughs> um, and then who are the blahs like arch enemies? The it's not the what we why the one W that's further back, isn't it? The yeah. wolves that's different. Yeah, the the wolves aren't here. Oh yeah, the wolves. I was thinking of the wolves. Um, I'll give you a hint. Uh, they become the Plantagenets, but they're previously known as something else. Oh god, that's the thing. I'm not going to remember it because I'll just think Plantagenets. That really does not help me at all. Because Plantagenet is such a good just name. Just think like, okay, just think like, where does Henry II of England like start? Like before he marries Eleanor of Aquitaine and becomes king of England. Like where does he start? Something, Av. Why do I keep thinking Avignon for every question you've asked me? I just think Avignon. <laughs> I mean, it starts with um, A. I know it starts with A. Avadakadav. <laughs> it's not pronounced a. Ah, it's pronounced oh. Anjou. Yes, it's Anjou. Oh. And the last one also becomes the king of England, but earlier. Oh. But they were originally Vikings. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, no, no, I know. Um, 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 oh my god, I know this. Why am I mental blanking on this so hard right now? <laughs> oh, ah, oh my god, I know this. It's William, the Conqueror. It's just the name of the region. Yeah, I don't remember the name of the region. I just remember William. William the Conqueror led the uh, conquest. The Norman. Oh, how'd I forget that? Yes. I'm such an idiot. Normandy. Yeah. How'd I right. forget Normandy? I will give you half a point for question 11 because I had to walk you through a bit of it. But you got you got Blois and Flanders pretty well. So. Yeah. And Vermin. Yeah. Vermin by Normandy and Anjou. I had to help you. But you got there in the end. It was in there. It was in your head somewhere. <laughs> yeah. My meds have worn off. So my memory is fully jelly. Listeners at home, if you got at least two of those, you get half a point. Question 12. What was the main reason for Philip I's excommunication? Uh, too much fun time. What did he do that ruffled all the feathers? Got divorced. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like, unlike approved divorce. Yeah. It's more, so yeah, it it is, um, yeah, he, he got a divorce that was not approved. And he also, uh, it was engaged in uh, polygamy with Bertrand yeah, de the Countess of Anjou. Yeah. So they were both technically married when they got married. Um, yeah. Sometimes. And he refused. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's two parts. It's like his refusal to return to his lawful wife and it's also the polygamy. So it's like, yeah. Got it right. Yeah. Question 13. Louis VI, Louis the Fat, was the first king of France to raise the Oriflamme when he was defending against yes. the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, what was depicted on the Oriflamme and what were its two colours, the two main colours on the Oriflamme? Orange and red. I don't know. White and red. White and blue. You just said more than two colours. <laughs> red and... Was one of them red? 
Yes, one of them is red. Okay. There's a red background. It feels like it'd be black, but I feel like it has to be white. It'll make it sense when you remember what is on the step. Like, what is what is the symbol? Is it a cup? No. A spear. A sun, yellow. Yes. Yeah, sun, yeah, should, yellow and red or yeah, golden I to, red. I have yeah. to think in my head again what the, the depiction, like what it looks even looked like. Cause I just think of a flame. I probably would have accepted orange because it's kind of an orangey yellow. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of a cup and a spear. But you, you got there. You got there in the end. Uh, so I'll count that as, as correct. Question 14. How many sons did Eleanor of Aquitaine have? Uh, there were... Is Joffrey or Jeffrey? I mean, yeah. Um, John, Richard. There's always either one or two more. So I think it's either four or five. I'm gonna go four. Maybe it was five. I'll go four. It's it five. five <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't remember the other two. Yeah, her eldest son, William, uh, died young. Ah, that's why. I I forget he exists. And her second son, Henry the Young King. Ah, yeah, yeah. I knew there was Henry involved, but I just, William for the life of me could not remember. So that's why I said four. Uh, She outlived uh, uh, four out of the five sons. All but one, all but John. And Mm. not by that much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So question 15 when Louis VII had a stroke and died, Eleanor's ex-husband, Louis, mm-hmm. whose shrine was he on his way home from? Oh, somewhere like Italy or something. Um, it was the saints. Think back to Henry II. Yeah. And, like, who died? <laughs> that was... Very scandalous and significant, and the, the King of France kind of milked it. Oh, um, him. Um, oh my god. Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. Oh my god. Oh my god, oh my god. I know this. I know this. And he was killed because he got, like, stabby, stab, stab, stabbed. Yep. Oh my god, how do I mentally... Oh my god, I'm mental blanking on this so hard. <laughs> I know this. I like. I can picture it in my mind how he died and everything. It's a really common name, isn't it? Like a Charles or something common, isn't it? No. Like James or something. Is it a common name? It is a common name, yes. Like Gregory. But, but yeah, he has a, a last name as well. Yeah, I know it. I just, oh my God. When, I, when you tell me, I'm going to be like, damn it, how did I forget that? Oh, Thomas Becker. Is that it? Beckett, but yes. <laughs> Beckett. Okay, yes. I got close enough. You, you, I'll, I'll count it. <laughs> I'll Thanks. be nice. I got like half of the, first, of the last name right, so yeah. I knew yeah. it was a common yeah. name, Thomas. Yeah. Oh. All right, question 16. We're near the end now. Uh, People can really see my brain process in this quiz. Which three countries did Philip Augustus defeat at the Battle of Bouvine? Flanders. Yep. England. Yep. Roman 
uh, Germany, like Roman Roman Empire, Holy Roman Empire. Yeah, Holy Roman Empire. You got it. Yeah. Yay. That was great. That was that only um, easy you can tell you can tell these are more recently in the mind. Uh, no, it's just they're the surrounding ones. <laughs> yeah. Question seventeen: Which of these places did Louis the Eighth not successfully capture during his campaign in England? So we got multiple choice here. So we got A. Dover. B, Lincoln, C, London, D, Winchester. So even London or Winchester, I feel. London? Because London says no to everybody. No, it wasn't London. Uh, Louis VIII was was, uh, accepted in London. Very. Oh, that's uh, rare. Yeah, very rare. Then once in London, he went on excursions to capture Lincoln and Winchester. So he got those. It was Dover Castle. Oh, Dover. Oh. Until the very end. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I did know that. I just didn't remember that. Because I just think Dover. Yeah. That's right. So, question 18 What were the two likely causes of Louis IX's death at the Siege of Tunis in 1270? Dysentery. Yep, that's one. Infection, then? Well, I don't know what the other one was. No. Was it disease based as well? It's a disease, yeah. It was found in his jaw. Jaundice? I don't know. No. I'll give you half a point. It was scurvy. Oh. Yeah. Right. I only think pirates when I think scurvy. Well, he is—he has just gone across the sea for a while, so there's that. Um, but we originally thought that he just died of dysentery because there was a massive dysentery outbreak around the time he died. But... Yeah. He, his um his corpse shows evidence of scurvy scurvy so it was it's right. it's probable that he was suffering from both <laughs> why dive one we can dive two exactly um yes. so question 19 what french county did joan the first of navarre inherit and govern independently with her mother champagne yes you got hmm. it and question 20, name all the seven people I have mentioned who have conveniently died since the arrest of the Templar leaders, i.e. the potential victims of the curse. Oh my god. Okay, John <laughs> the first, yes. yep. Louis the tenth, Philip yep. the fair, uh, yep. uh, or fourth. Um, there was some of those officials... Yes, there were there were two that I named. Yeah, but I'm not going to Scott remember those. Yeah, it was, I I I don't expect you to remember those. So I, I just remember one years. like people hated, like oh, well, like the nobles hated, but he was actually good, kind of a yeah. There were, everything went to shit after they killed him. Marigny and Nogare were their names. Yeah, those um, two. Yeah, but I'll give you those because you said the officials, and then but then and there's, there's two, two more. more. Oh god, two more named people who have died since. The curse of the Templars started. It's not. Is it women or is it all men for this? The people that I've mentioned. That really doesn't do anything. To me. <laughs> and it's not the Templars. Hee <laughs> hee. Um. No, sorry, not the Templars themselves. Excluding the Templars, <laughs> two people who have names who are very important. Queens. The Scandal Queen. Do you know? Do you remember her name? Um. Probably like Isabel or something. No. 
or a jo- Joan. Another Joan. Wasn't there like two Joans? No. So one of the, jo- the the Joan got got away with it. Like I thought there were two Joans. Well, there are two Joans, but one of them is one of them is the daughter, and one of them is the sister-in-law of Louis the Tenth. Oh. Yeah, it is Margaret. It is Margaret. Margaret oh. of Burgundy. She okay. Potentially got strangled in in Chateau de Gaillard yeah. after being prisoner. Yeah. yeah, and there's one more guy. There's one there. He died very shortly after Curse of the Templar started. Is it like a? And we haven't replaced him until this episode. Replaced him. It's not a king. No, but it's like a king. Uh, it's a re- monarch. The, 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 um... Which monarch died? It's, it's not a... England? It's technically a monarch, but it's not a king. Oh, um, someone in um Spain? Do you mean a pope? No. Yeah. Because the pope wouldn't be... Well, why would the pope be cursed? Because he condemned the Templars. He did? Yeah, he 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 did the he did the thumbs up for Philip the Fourth to burn them at the stake. Pope Clement the Fifth. So he wasn't the one that was bitch slapped. This is the Pope after the bitch slap Pope. The Pope who was a oh, bit okay. more like afraid of the King of France. Yeah, I was thinking the bitch slap Pope in my head, so I was going, "Oh, I can't be the bitch slap Pope." No. <laughs> I love that's how his new title is the bitch slap Pope. Boniface the Eighth was a was a bit before the Templars, and then Philip the Fourth started persecuting the Templars in Clement the Fifth's papacy when he could get away with it basically oh okay so you got that half right because <laughs> you got louis the 10th you got john the first and then i had to help you a bit with the others so i'll give you half a point for question 20 um okay so that was a really hard hard question though so i think my total point score is like eight yeah i'll tally it up just to make sure so it's one, eight two, three so eight four five six 6.5 7.5 8.5, 9.5, 10. 10.5, uh, 11, 12, 12.5 12. out of 20. Oh, that's terrible. You passed. Please get your degrees. You got a C. Well done. Yeah. Better than I thought. I thought it'd fail. Yeah. You did it right. That's the episode. <laughs> we hope you guys did well at the quiz. Uh, it was a, it was a tricky quiz this time. It was a tricky and big quiz because we had a lot to cover. No, I think um, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> yeah, here's hoping the next quiz won't be quite so far away. Um, we've got other short episodes coming up where we might need a quiz. I'd say we're <laughs> kind of hoping that there isn't a quiz because that means there's nothing going on. <laughs> but the closer the quizzes are together, the the more fresh in your mind things are. So there's I that. know, but it means that's the dullest, duller things are going on in France. I don't want that. Mm. I like when it's chaotic. Well, it's going to be chaotic for a few more episodes, so we'll get ready. Yay! But uh, that is the episode. That is poor, poor John the First episode. Going Aww. back to him, who is spared with an asterisk. Yes. So, so tell us what you I'll give him the music. Why not? Just give him the music. Give him the music anyway. Yeah. Okay, we'll give yeah. him the music. Tell us what you want us to do with them. <laughs> That's the call to action at the end of the episode. Yeah. 
Yeah. And as ever, and follow we'll us on all out. the socials, sign up to our Patreon to get the extra bonus episodes. Yeah. We've just done a Dante's Bird book. Yes. You know, I was thinking this the, um after the other day. So I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, we should do it where we where we say for every king, like since Dante's Bird book, what we think Dante would put that king in, like which area. Okay. So where would John the First go? Well, he didn't really do it. He lived. I feel as Dante's not that mean. I think Dante put him like some sort of level of paradise. Yeah, well, he's just been baptized, which which washes away the original sin. Yeah. So so he technically hasn't committed any yeah, sins. Yeah. So no. So he's in heaven. Yeah. So he's pure. He's pure. So, yeah. Yeah. He'd be in heaven because yeah. he's not in limbo because like he got baptized. We should do this, and then like viewers can let us know if they agree with us if they think that king would be also be in the same level of Dante's burn book. I love how you say viewers. <laughs> I know. Listen, <laughs> if you can see us, then you have like five dimensions. You're creepy, vision, and you can see through time and space. And you're bloody creepy because we can't even see each other currently because we had to turn off or the you're camera. A, it was or you're a stalker. Or you're a stalker. I did put that photo on on Please on Facebook of you, um, frozen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Looking better than Louis the Tenth's portrait, though. This is at least that. You will always. It is hard not to look better than that. Thanks. Anyway, so that's the episode. Uh, and and uh, next, we're doing Philip V. We're gonna get more into the shenanigans he was up to during his regency and yes. then his actual reign. Um, and we'll see if he can carry on the Capetian dynasty yes. and then be a bit more successful. That's gonna be all of from me. And goodbye from me. Bye.